0: Space time location. You have reached year 3188. Computer, life readings. Is there life here? Anywhere? Multiple life signs detected.
1: Base Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I'm one of your co hosts, and with me is Johnson. How are you doing, Johnson? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. It is new Star Trek day. It is Discovery, Discovery Premier Day.
0: Yes. We've yeah. been waiting so long for this. So
1: we it's have only here. 18 months. Uh, a lot happened, and it was pretty exciting. There was a lot of action. There was a little exposition. We have a long way to go to figuring out this new universe that we're living in.
0: Yeah, totally. I was um, surprised and delighted by some elements of the first episode. So do you want to just get into it? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. First reactions?
1: First reactions, yeah. This is Commander Saru. All crew to stations immediately. Red alert. So before we get into our thoughts about episode one, That Hope Is You, part one, we want to make sure that you know that we are going to deep dive and talk about all the details of this premiere episode. So if you haven't yet watched, put us on pause and go and watch it on CBS All Access or if you're international, Netflix, and watch the episode and then come back and listen to our thoughts, feelings, and everything all about... Episode one, that hope is you part one that hope
0: is you, Commander Burning. Go ahead. What was your first reaction? So the opening that we were treated to at New York Comic Con, virtual New York Comic Con was not the real opening or it was just one segment of it. So when the cold open started, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) So I actually really liked uh, the cold open with what's his name Sahil. It opened with him. I thought that was a, it was. A, I thought it was actually very interesting. It, it was an interesting start. It piqued my interest. Um, I actually thought the opening with that sequence was stronger because it kind of piques this mystery. Because as we talked about in our first reaction to the teaser that they showed in your Comic Con, we thought it was like really busy. We thought there was a lot going on. Obviously it was very action packed, but I think that this sequence actually kind of balances that out because it is, you you see his routine, you see like, you know, every day he gets up and I thought the tech was interesting too. Uh, It seems to be some sort of like either it's holographic or now technology or something, something along those lines. Um, But yeah, I thought, the opening was stronger with that scene, so I thought it was too bad that they cut it out in the teaser that they gave us. Uh, but I, I really did like it. Um, I liked how they opened it, and then for the overall episode, you know, it was it was a lot of setup because you know we it's been so long, so they had to kind of almost in some ways reintroduce Michael. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, why is she so emotional? Oh, right. They just, like, saved all sentient life. I forgot about that. So she was very happy when the computer in the Red Angel suit found that there's life on the planet. So I was like, oh, it makes sense because they succeeded. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of setup. We got introduced to Book, Grudge, his cat, who is a big cat, and to this world. And I think there are a lot of unanswered questions. One of the things that I was actually very happy about is that they told us what the burn was. I was like, yes, thank you. Cause I was like, oh my God, if he like just doesn't answer Michael's question I'll be so pissed. But they actually said what it was. And we can get into that a little bit in a little bit. But I was glad that they told us what it is. We don't know why it happened. And I think that's gonna be, that's gonna be the mystery but at least we know what it is. And I was surprised that we did not get to see the Discovery at all and anyone else on the ship. I'm sure they'll probably do that in the next episode maybe. Maybe, I don't even know. Actually based on my preview, I'm not even sure. But yeah, I was actually very surprised that we didn't get to see the Discovery crew at all. But given that it is the opening, it, it really is, like I said, it, it's a lot of like just intro, intro to a new character, intro to basically a new universe. So we're left with more questions than answers. And it was fine. You know, I enjoyed it. I, I really liked it. I didn't love it because I do think that, again, it's it's one of those like just set episodes. It's like part one of, you know, a 13 part season. But what did you think? what was your I would agree
1: with you I mean I think that the first it being a part one kind of tells me that you know this is a two-part kind of premiere movie kind of like the first season of Discovery was Mm -hmm. like with a two-hour premiere so I kind of feel they're following that same formula which makes sense because we're in a whole new time frame and so it's kind of a re like you said a reintroduction to Michael Burnham And yeah, she has been through a lot. And I, you know, she is a little edgy. She is a little feisty uh, and she's severely worried about, you know, what happened to the rest of her crew because they're not there. So uh, I really enjoyed it. There was a lot. uh, I do. I agree with you. The opening, what the the difference was a uh, with that scene was a nice touch. Uh, Mm -hmm. to kind of give you give it some gravitas i i kind of wondered why it was placed there and of course we find out at the end Mm uh so it kind of bookends the episode kind of nicely um in that way but i really was curious like who is this guy what is he you know obviously he's doing this repetitively every day um so uh, that was interesting. And also, I thought the part at the end where he said he was Starfleet was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought the action with book was good. Uh, i I got involved right away. I was right there with Michael Burnham. I was kind of pissed at him. i I loved her beating the crap out of him. I know he was
0: annoying a little bit. At yeah, the start.
1: So especially for someone who's doing good, like, for someone who's doing good, he doesn't trust anybody. And uh, so, you know, I enjoyed her kicking the crap out of it, him. And then also later on saying, I'm sorry. And she, he says, why? Because you, th- you think we're going to die? And she was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I did kind of come to like him. Uh, I think he is a good person. And I think that he is, um, it's going to be an interesting kind of, I mean, in the preview, which we'll get to for, you know, for the season, you see them kiss. So, right. so there's oh, a romance, amazing. romantic avenue to this. Also, you know, I think also from the preview, I feel like there's going to be a time frame, I don't know, nine months or so before the discovery actually arrives. Uh, right. so, the whole
0: thing with her hair changing.
1: Yes, exactly. Like yeah, exactly. So. Uh, you know, but I, I enjoyed the episode. I want to go back and watch it again. I actually didn't think he explained the burn all that well. Like the universe took a left turn. He did tell us was that it happened a hundred to 120 or 150 years ago. Right. Which when, when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that puts us right in the temporal
0: cold war error. And that was, for me, that was, I was like, what? Enterprise reference, because he referred to the, you know, when when he was like, oh, like time, you know, time travel, time travel was outlawed after the Temporal Wars. I was like I totally missed okay. that comment. What? Um, I mean, he you know. He said that. Yeah. You no, know, I I, mean, I needed a uh, closed captioning, because I told you this, I had problems understanding him once in a while. Yeah, I'm really bad with I'm really bad with accents. Yeah. But he did specifically mention that because he was like, yeah, where'd you come from? How'd you time travel here? Because, yeah, all like time travel ships or time travel um, technology was outlawed after the temporal wars. I was like, oh, that's great, because Daniels was, again, from the 31st century and he was of the temporal factions that I'm aware of. He was actually the farthest out. From all the other ones because the Spear builders were like I think 26th century or something along Mm -hmm. along those lines yeah and then what and then in Voyager I think what is it like 28th 29th century maybe 29th century yeah so he's the farthest out that we've known and he was one of the factions involved in the temporal cold war Mm -hmm. so I was like oh that's that actually is a reference back to that yeah I don't think they're gonna dig any deeper into it but I, Uh I like
1: that a lot yeah no that you know i think that we are going to see some little strings attached to the existing universe and i think we'll we'll see some of that uh
0: and then oh yeah so we were saying the only other thing that book says about the burn is that basically something happened to dilithium that right yeah yeah, that basically dilithium blew up (laughs)
1: Right, that's the other piece that I, you know, he mentions uh, like a bunch of different types of drives, slipstream drive, a couple others that, um, yes, yeah. Uh, so I have to kind of go back and watch that. But overall, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm I'm excited to go watch it again, and I'm excited to see part two, and and I'm wondering. Um, they did have a virtual premiere, and I'm wondering if they got to see both parts of the premiere. Kind of like with Picard, they did get to see the first three episodes. Uh, granted, that was pre-COVID, so and that was also in person in California. So, um, yeah, but uh, I- I'm excited to see what's next. I do think there's going to be a long time frame. You know, months. We- obviously, we'll experience it in a very in an episode, but. I think there's a, a big gap here. And um, yeah, I think we're probably already in the weeds with it. But let's take a deeper dive into some of the aspects of it. So you were happy. One of your questions from our Discovery Preview episode was, are they going to explain the burn? And you got your your
0: your answer. So we, we did get I, some.
1: Yes, we you got my
0: answer. I did have, I have more questions. You know, obviously, sure. again, we don't know why dilithium, the majority of dilithium, not all dilithium, obviously blew up. But then I was, you know, I'm very, I'm kind of like on the tech nerd side of Star Trek. So I was like, but what about Rival technology? Because they don't use antimatter. They use a quantum singularity to power their warp drive. That so was one of the ones that he mentioned. He mentioned, a was- qua- yeah, I'm pretty sure he mentioned a quantum singularity drive. Oh, okay. I missed that because so. he said i think he went through that very quickly i didn't hear slipstream yeah i did not catch the quantum singularity drive so maybe there are these other modes of transport that because yeah i guess slipstream drive that's totally separate from warp drive right and then quant a quantum singularity doesn't need the lithium right
1: so. yeah so yeah there's that uh i'm really excited you know if we if we See more tech. Well, there's a, there's quite a bit of tech in this episode, right? So, there's the interfaces on the screen book ship. Uh, on, on Bookship, mm-hmm. which uh mimic also the um some of the technology you see at the Cold Open from Sahir's place. Sahir, Sahir, yeah. Um, he he has some of this visual, like so obviously, like their visuals are like this kind of same thing as their tactical like their Mm -hmm. their interface is kind of like bricks and blocks i don't know how how else to explain it pixelated almost but in larger blocks i guess i don't know um so there's that there's personal transporters which is really cool Mm -hmm. i was pretty excited by that um so i mean if i went shopping in the 32nd century that's what i would pick up as a personal transporter definitely um it's very convenient we see that whole um so we only see part of that whole world that they go to get the dilithium right so we Mm -hmm. only see that upper part but clearly there's a whole civilization there and interestingly enough it's like it looks like it's suspended some sort of Mm anti-grav way up there so there was a lot of great tech in this including the weapons which uh as far as i could tell have a kill setting only
0: i know i was like they're vaporizing everyone
1: they were vaporizing everyone um although i was happy to see the vaporization of the creature that was pursuing book um yeah it's oh the the alien yeah 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 Yeah. obviously they have cloaking technology is pretty um pretty standard pretty standard um what else did we see for technology there? Um, nothing about communicators. The communicators were kind of nothing special. Also, with the dilithium, did you notice that they're really small crystals? Like, she just grabbed a bunch of really small, like...
0: Yeah, they're kind like of sh- small. I feel like we saw the, a dilithium chamber in TNG, and it was like a massive-ass crystal.
1: Yeah, so maybe, maybe a ship book size doesn't need that. I don't know. Yeah, but. I don't know. Um, so that was, uh, that, that all was really interesting. Um, I thought that seeing everything through Michael's eyes was really good. Uh, seeing the, the new world, seeing kind of taking a breath, she was exhausted, but she, she forced herself to walk like at the very beginning after she crashes, she's in pain, she's exhausted. And she just forces herself to walk, which I thought was very uh, Vulcan of her. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the whole storyline, I, I have to go back and watch it because the transition from the jellyfish to the sanctuary to the Federation outpost was all really quick from what I remember. So I kind of so, want right, to. What, the
0: jellyfish? What are you talking about?
1: The the endangered species that uh, ate ate half the guys.
0: Oh yeah, it was um jellyfish. I don't. Not a jellyfish. I don't, they uh, like, jellyfish I don't remember fish. what. Yeah, I don't remember what they yeah. called it. Worm or some something. Space oh, worm. transworm or something. Okay. Yeah. Closed so, captioning help for that one. Oh okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll turn on tra- uh closed captioning. I mean, I trust me, it. it helps. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought the story, you know, a lot of questions set up the world, you know, set up one part of the world. Mm -hmm. Sensors are only operative within like, what, a 30 sector or something.
0: It sounds actually pretty big, but I guess in the span of the galaxy, it's not that large. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but why would long-range sensors be affected by this I mean like there was one thing he mentioned where he he said that the Gorn destroyed two light years worth of subspace but I don't know I mean I don't really know how everything is kind of connected together right that was just like a one-liner and she was like what the Gorn and then I don't know there's there's just a lot of little pieces yeah but I don't know if I don't you know I don't know if they're all connected or not so I did like
1: the Orions and the
0: Andorians.
1: That's an interesting pair up for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the stuff that they spray in Michaels, she did like. She really did well with that kind of act, that whole scene.
0: Really, that was
1: interesting. I thought it was fine. She really yeah. played that well, I thought. I thought her yeah. acting there was really good.
0: She was just kind of drunk, basically. Yeah, uh, but I think it's a little <laughs> bit more than being drunk. I think there was some... Interesting camera work. I don't know if I loved it, actually. So that uh, scene when Michael is sprayed with the true serum, or whatever, you know, obviously they had fun with the camera. But then there were a lot of action shots that were just really close to them. And it was like handheld kind of look. And I was like, OK, they we're really close to the action, like person on person action. And the it was not steady cam. It was like shaky cam. And I was like, there's, there's just a lot of shakiness to um, the, they, they do do that a lot in Discovery, but for some reason this time I was like, this is really shaky. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: I didn't notice that it didn't bother me, but uh, I, I... It bothered me
0: a little bit. Okay. The other thing that um, that I thought, it didn't bother me, but I did slack you when I was watching it, was I got to that scene towards the end where, you know, Michael and Sahir. Sahir? Sahil, is not Sahir. Sahil. Sahil. Sahil yeah so when yeah Michael and Sahil are together and they're talking towards the end and he's like can you unfurl this flag for me I was like oh my god <laughs> like it was just so dramatic and I understand it's like yes yes the federation stands for hope yes I get it thank you it was just like it was a little bit too much uh it, you know it's it's the kind of drama that i kind of i kind of roll my eyes at cuz it's like all right we get it you do not need to hammer home this idea cuz i think they mentioned like 20 times in the episode because when when book you know figures out that michael is starfleet federation he talks about hope a zillion times it's like Oh, hang on to hope, you know, that optimism, that optimism. I was like, oh my God, like how much more can they talk about this? I understand what you're trying to say. Yes, the Federation is a beacon of hope in the universe. We got it. We got it. You know, there's, you know, they're basically like, I don't know. It's like this like weird savior complex for the Federation, which I personally thought was, um, you know, for me it was kind of torn down during the DS9 era that the Federation is not this utopian society that we recognize it, that we thought it was, right? That it it can be as corrupt as any other society or organization. Like it has these ideals, but it is far from perfect. So I do think that, you know, for us to kind of go back to that idea is kind of like treading old ground for me personally. So, you know, the Federation is not the only hope in the galaxy, but I feel that's the way they're positioning the season, which I'll see if I come around to it. But it's that's like old hat for me. I don't know what your thoughts are about that.
1: I think that Michael Burnham represents that has always represented integrity and honesty and uh, optimism and hope and and strong ideals. I think that that's baked into the character and who she is so i feel like that's what she's going to call out like i i, I guess i can totally empathize and also I, em, I emulate that a lot like when things are not what they should be mm-hmm. and by should i i'm not saying like should be in in my own world but what i believe to be truth if we were to modernize or to bring it to our time modernize it it'd be truth, justice, and, and freedom. You no know, kind <laughs> justice of justice in the American way. Yeah. I was going to say the American way, but uh, our, uh. I would say that we've lost our way a little bit um, or our leadership has. Anyway, um, I would just say that, uh, you know, I think that holding up those ideals is important and you kind of need kind of like, you know, I did just watch her, her speech from the end of season one and mm. she, she is she got her soapbox and had she, a little speech. Yes. She did, yes. yes. And that's who Michael Burnham is. She represents these high ideals, which she holds herself to and which she expects kind of everyone else to kind of live up to. And um, and it's kind of a not non-negotiable for her, really. So when she finds out that this is all kind of falling apart, I think that talking about that is, is the you know, this is what the Federation means. This is what it, you know, stood for. She's, and also remember that the time that she came from is a very idealistic time. You know, things were, you know, aside from the Klingon war, the Federation was founded. It was a very idealistic thing. If you look at the the original series, always, you know, very optimistic, very idealistic. So I think she comes from that time frame, and, and bringing that forward. So I think finding a world and finding a universe where none of that is the case anymore, she's going to, she's going to call that out and she's going to help and want to help bring that back because on top of all those other qualities, she is a person of duty. And, uh, you know, when she meets Sahil, she presents herself as a Starfleet officer uh as a commander and uh i thought that was you know kind of reporting for duty because he did say welcome to starfleet i mean he did so uh but he also and part of the whole whole scene with the flag really was that he also has high ideals he also he's done this job for 40 years waiting every day for some new signal or doing what little you know i guess he has two starships that he knows about in his sector of space so uh you know that's that's his focus you know but also he holds the same ideals. so he wasn't commissioned he's not a member of starfleet he can't lift up the flag i mean but i think burnham says very clearly you can and you are a member of starfleet because mm-hmm. you know for the fact that you've done this job for 40 years that you've waited this long that you know so, uh, you know, you didn't need anybody to, com- to commission you, you've been commissioned. You've been doing the job. The mm-hmm. commissioning is only really a formality. So, um, you know, I just, I think that that's honestly, like if we compare it to Picard, you know, I think if we had Picard and Burnham running for president and vice president, those would be the people that we need in the world right now are these people with really high ideals of what. Things should be. And I think that that's probably the theme that we're going to see is this idea of rebuilding at least some aspect of the Federation and, and these ideals, if not only to protect the innocent and the endangered, but to bring back unity and, and uh, fight injustice. I think that that's all. I think we're going to see, even though this was filmed pre-coronavirus, I think that the, the world that this was recorded in is going to be reflected in this show as it is now, even though, even though in the real world right now, it's 10 times worse or a hundred times worse or even more. So, you know, I think that we need this idealism. I think we need this dramatic pause, this dramatic remembrance of what things should be so. All right. I'll get off my soapbox now.
0: (laughs) No, it's fine. I think that, yeah, I, I think that I, um, I don't have that kind of, I think my, my, my understanding of Star Trek has more to do with just Star Trek as a property and a show. And we talked about this even way back when we talked, when we had our, our intro episode and, when, when, why did we? You know, why are we into Star Trek? And I think that my my connection to Star Trek actually doesn't necessarily, need, you know, directly connect with the this idea of the Federation, because I do. You know, I'm I'm not really a believer of like that utopias can exist. You know, here on Earth, like I I, I don't. You know, so that's why DS9 worked really well for me because it really is like, you know, there is this idea, there is this conceit, but to actually achieve this in reality, and we even see this with Discovery, you know, Section 31 was around and they had to, you know, they get, they got swept under the rug, but they did what they had to do to ensure that the Federation um, was protected and they got shit done, right? And we see that much more in DS9, you know, but, in the discovery era, like they were kind of just operating out of the open and kind of everyone I knew about them, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it, I don't know if it necessarily, yeah, my, my emotional connection, I don't think necessarily has to do with these Federation ideals and maybe more, it has to do with the ideals of the individuals, which potentially might be devolved to divorce from the idea of the Federation. But at the same time, I think that one of the things that's great about Star Trek is that it is able to show us how people are able to bridge their differences, Federation or not, you know, that people who are just, you know, they may not come from the same background or they may not come from, uh, you know, same value systems like they can still find common ground somehow. And you can like Nemesis was not a good movie, I would say, but even there was a good example where Picard was able to gain the trust of the Romulans and he was, and we see that, you know, play out further pre-Picard, like Star Trek Picard, but, you know, he's able to extend his olive branch and work with someone that isn't, you know, they're not part of the Federation. And I think that that kind of, that kind of philosophy I think resonates with me beyond, you know, beyond just this idea of this organization um, that is supposed to embody these ideals. So anyway, that's, that's my perspective on it. So I think like, yeah, I'm like, so maybe for me, that whole scene, I was just like, all right, all right, I get it, you know? Um, But maybe it has more to do. Yeah. My, my connection again, has more to do with, and yeah, I, I do respect like Michael Burnham and her and what you're saying in terms of her attachment to these ideals, in terms of you know what the Federation should stand for, um, and yeah, I, I think that I, I do agree with you that um, a lot of what is attractive to her, attractive about her in terms of a character, are these kind of ideals that we see in her that we see in Christopher Pike, you know, in season two, um, you know, those things really do, I think, at the end of the day. And maybe this is what I'm rambling now, but maybe this is what the Federation is. is more about the people, you know, than necessarily the organization and, you know, the the charter that holds it together. You know, it's, it's more about the individuals and what they stand for.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think it is more about the individuals because not every individual is going to necessarily believe in the ideals or act in the best interest of the ideals or
0: follow that path. And And it's it's like America, America, right? It's a perfect example where our founding fathers had this idea as to what it should be, but that doesn't mean that every American, you know, like interprets those ideals in the same way. Some are going to, and we see this even in Star Trek, like some, not, not everyone that's a member of the Federation, you know, actually acts out the way that the Federation ideal is. And I think the same thing can be said for Americans, like, you know, not to get on into politics but not every American like holds the ideals that our founding fathers had in terms of accepting diversity you know and freedom of speech and everything like that you know so I think it probably can be very similar and at the end of the day you need these people to really stand up for these values um that might be that are, are intrinsic to you know an organization but not you know to kind of like cut through like those that are going to interpret it in more nefarious means i guess
1: i would agree i think that that's a great way to kind of sum it up and and why don't we move on to a new segment that we're going to start for this series which we're calling tentatively character corner
0: number one you we with burnham aboard the shenjo what is your assessment of her abilities so
1: Cleveland Book Booker, thoughts on him? What do you think? What are your initial thoughts on this new character? So you know we talked a lot about Michael Burnham, but let's dig into Book a little bit here and and focus on him for this part of the the episode.
0: Yeah, you know I thought he was annoying. We we had talked about this a, a little bit already. I thought that he was obvious. You know the first thing he did was you know, when he met Michael was attack her. So I think that we were given this presentation of his character as one that's rather antagonistic and not trusting. Um, and I think he's supposed to be like this character that grows on you, right? Like, he, you know, you kind of, he's complicated. I'm sure he has his reasons. And then you slowly peel back the layers and like, oh, this, this guy's actually very fascinating and sexy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was fine. It was fine. I've, yeah, I mean, what what do you think about book?
1: Well, you know, I, I agree that the intro to him was kind of rough, and
0: he was very um, he came a little he came out a little strong. Like I think that they like they they like made him like come on very strong. I I don't know if he had to go on, come on that strong, but well, I think to stand toe to
1: toe with Michael Burnham, I think you kind of have to be a tough character. Uh, so I think it was a good diametrically opposed viewpoint mm-hmm. character to her. I think that what I really liked was towards the end where they started working together and uh, where he advised her to close your eyes. He, you know, calmed down the the worm just enough mm-hmm. to release her. Uh, and also I think the, the other thing that we really see is obviously he's, he's kind of someone who, is different than his family or 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 uh, planet of origin or anything like that. He's a unique individual. He has a unique connection to living things. So that was really interesting when he did with that mm-hmm. with a plant and when he talked to the worm and uh, and then you see when they get to the planet, um, him and he and his brothers were. I'm assuming I'm saying brothers, but they were all men. The, the group of people who were kind of protected I don't in this. The, yeah. Well, we, we did are not explain. We did not, uh, but the, they're on a sanctuary planet anyway. Yes. So I thought that that was, um, so he is a bit idealistic. And I think that he, he goes against the grain as well. And I think that they're going to work together to kind of restore some, some justice and some hope to the universe given the, the place that it's at right now. So, um yeah. And he has a freaking cool
0: ship. I mean... Very unusual. Very unusual yeah. design, yeah. I'm a and fan I don't of know, it, is he human or is he like augmented human? I That was not explained, right? I didn't miss that. No, you didn't. I, I didn't remember seeing
1: anything about that. I... I feel like he, he's not human or if he is, he's an evolved human. It'll yeah, be interesting because I think that they do eventually go to earth at some point they do venture to earth. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what humanity has kind of evolved into uh, in the 32nd century, which if you, you can talk more specifically about what Daniel said about what earth is like to tucker right did he say that to tucker
0: yeah but he wasn't specific he was just like yeah it's not it's not what yes you know it right so he did not go into further detail right
1: so um you know maybe we'll see some of that detail but i think he's a good addition to the crew uh he's obviously our guide to this universe which is what mm-hmm. we needed uh we uh, you know we obviously needed a guide to the universe so uh this is this is our guide so we'll be seeing and michael needs a new love interest Yes, uh, yeah. we no longer Shazad Latif. Um, Ash Tyler is back in a thousand years, and uh, um, bye, bye, Volk. Whatever. Uh, so yeah, bye later. Volk. Yeah. So um, so yeah, but uh, you know, I like him. I you know, I'm I'm less interested in the romantic aspect of this relationship. I'm more interested in what his abilities are and um, how he'll support. Burnham in her journey uh especially in finding the discovery so obviously this show this opener basically starred three people and had a few Mm -hmm. other people orions and and actually we saw a Tellerite. uh did we i feel like we saw another with our lorian uh lorian that's what it was yep so uh we see a bunch of uh of uh original mm. kind of star Trek aliens. So, okay. uh, yeah. So I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm real. I'm, you know, we've waited a long time for this. I'm, I'm excited. I enjoyed it. I'm going to go back and watch it again with closed captioning so I can get the, it really helps a lot, uh, get the words correct. Uh, but, uh, I did look it up and it is Sahil. So we, you I go. Okay. We said it wrong earlier in the episode. I did. But I did. I did too. So uh, yeah. So, he said his not- name
0: once. How am I supposed to remember? And he's so dramatic. Goodness. Not as dramatic as you're being right now. I'm never dramatic. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right.
1: Um, so there we go. Our entry into the 32nd century has begun. We have no idea when or how Discovery will join this universe obviously it crash lands, but it doesn't say crash for long. Uh, and, um, there was a lot. I, I wish I could remember all of the things that we saw in the the market for the season. Oh, the, the, the upcoming. Yeah. There were a number of things I think we'll, we'll probably have to tear that apart, uh, next week when we talk about episode two, maybe. Uh, we can kind of dig in, but again, we wanted to kind of be first out of the gate and get our thoughts about discovery out there and let you all discuss, uh, but, uh, yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts before we sign off?
0: I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered everything. I, I am excited to see where this all leads. Hopefully we don't have mysteries drag out forever and ever. And yeah, I want to see the rest of the discovery, of, rest of the discovery crew, ASAP. Because discovery is not just about Michael Burnham; it's about the whole ship. So, very true, very true. Well,
1: hopefully, we'll we'll see them next week as uh, Michael continues to search for them. I wonder if they'll turn up at the same planet or another part of the the universe. No. Uh, you know what? This really quickly. This reminds me of uh, Star Trek two thousand nine. And the wormhole that was created that, uh, you know, Um, the Romulans came through and then 25 years later. mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. came through. So hopefully the time distortion isn't that great, but we do have some precedent for there being a time distortion, which I Mm -hmm. don't think until until this episode happened. I don't think we had an inkling that that would be the case. So, yeah. So we have a lot to look forward to. And I don't think we've really uncovered what the theme of, uh, obviously it's just an investigation of what's happened in this world, but, and a reuniting with the discovery crew and them acclimating Mm -hmm. to the new time. But I don't know that we have a overarching theme yet as to what kind of like the red angel or the
0: Klingon war. We don't really. I mean, the theme isn't when it, I mean, from the, from what we know about the season and also in preview, it's about, piecing together the federation again the federation again okay. bringing it back together right yeah bring hope back to the universe because i guess the universe needs the federation to have hope
1: <laughs> you don't seem very convinced about that but... i mean this
0: goes back to what i was saying earlier it's like okay all right yeah i don't know putting all your ho- hopes and dreams on an organization is not really my thing i think at the end of the day so clearly but it... they need they need some sort of conceit to go after so i'm like fine no go at it <laughs> well we'll. Fi- i'm sure we'll find out more about it next week
1: uh we did get a lot of answers but we have more questions there are plenty of questions yeah so we will uh stay tuned and look forward to the next episode of discovery which i'm assuming is just part two the I, hope is I, you yeah. part two yeah i would assume is is next week's episode so We'll uh, get to see that one week from today and we'll be back here talking about it and in your ears weekly to to break this all down for you. Give it give you our opinions and thoughts and feelings feelings. There we go. So how can people reach us if they want to share their thoughts and feelings on the 32nd century?
0: Yeah, so we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your thoughts, questions if you disagreed with us, my ranting. You know, you can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com. You can also reach us on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at deepspacepride. So here yeah, we go. I think that does it. Yeah, that does it for this week's episode.
1: All right. Well, we'll see you all here back
0: next week. Bye, everyone.